And welcome back to our final division recap. Woo! It's we been are, a little while. It's been a whirlwind. We are through this thing, baby. Well, not quite. We still have one last division on the table today. But before we get into that, I got to introduce my co-host, Mr. Adam Shaul. How are you doing today? I'm very well. And I uh, want to just give a shout out to my brewery, Thick and Thin. It's our one-year anniversary tomorrow. Right up here. I've been wearing their gear all week. You know, life comes at you fast. Oh, right yeah. Here. You know? So <laughs> yes. I've been there, big boy. And yeah, I appreciate your support. So, uh, yeah, good times. Hope to see you here there this weekend for uh, the anniversary festivities. Hell yeah, I will be there. And if you want to come as well, make sure to follow Thick and Thin Brewery on Instagram so you never miss any of their fantastic events. Uh, but moving on from that, let's talk <laughs> some football. And we got the NFC West on tap today. The NFC West sent two teams to the playoffs last year, had the Super Bowl winner two years ago. So it's been a strong division as of recently. Uh, the big dogs in this division have been the San Francisco 49ers, who actually dropped some pretty big news today. Uh, Trey Lance did not make it as the QB2. It is Sam Darnold. So Trey Lance, wow. Trey Lance, that Trey Lance trade might end up being one of the worst trades in history. Three first-round picks to move up nine spots for a guy who couldn't even make it as QB two? It's pretty incredible. I mean, but in all fairness, I don't think they've handled it badly. I think uh, they have a Cinderella story in Brock Purdy. You know, the Mister Irrelevant, um, Sam Darnold, the comeback kid who's been on what this is fourth team, third team. Um, you know, I actually think the San San Francisco 49ers, first off, I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, I thought they were a good team. I thought uh, Kyle Shanahan was a good coach, but it just takes a lot to win the Super Bowl. They did it. you know. The Rams did it, and I felt like they bought it. I was like, well, no shit. The fucking Rams can do it when you you know go out and pay for a team and you have Aaron, Aaron Donald and a bunch of stuff on defense, and you, know, you go just get a good quarterback. Sounds pretty simple, but 49ers really, really did a good team. They get they got Debo Samuels. I mean, they have so many, so many good players. They just uh they really they built something there. And I feel like the Trey Lance is not a cloud or a shadow over them, to be honest with you. I think it's surprising that he's they couldn't make too deep. One hundred percent that's fucked up. But but I think as an organization, they've actually handled it very well. Yeah, well, it, although on in a nutshell, it's a very bad trade, but the 49ers don't care too much because of Mr. Brock Purdy, who was the very last pick in the draft in 2022. Turns out he comes into the system and he just made all the right plays. You know, nothing incredibly flashy, but Kyle Shanahan's system is designed to just get guys open. It's not designed to make tight window throws. It's designed to have Debo Samuel out on the edge and being defenders. It's designed to get Christian McCaffrey wide open running lanes. It's designed to have George Kittle beat his man one-on-one, -on -one, you know, getting Brandon Ayuk open down the field. 
And Brock Purdy was able to do all that with ease. He just made all the right plays. Uh, in you know, a particular play was the um one of Purdy's first games was on a Thursday night where he had a uh a double reverse in the backfield and threw it open down the middle to George Kittle. And I think that was the moment where people were like, okay, this kid's legit. He can run this offense. The question now becomes, he he's now into year two. NFL offenses, I mean, NFL defenses, maybe they've figured him out by now. But I'm not sure. What are your expectations for Brock Purdy in year two? No, I agree. You know, second year is always the toughest. Everybody's got your tape. Everybody's got your tendencies. Everybody got your take. I mean, this is the NFL. Everybody's watching tape all day, every day. And so they're seeing if you pat the ball on a certain play or take a short step on another play. So, I mean, they have that. Plus, he's been injured. Um, You know, he ended the season on an injury. And I know he came back and did well, but I don't know, you know, what his – ability to to hold out all season again especially with everybody coming after him the great thing is he's got a good offensive line you know led by trent williams and aaron brooks on the left side so that should be good spencer buford is a great player um i think they're only weeks i mean is, is a great second year player but they're only weak spot um you right know ta- he's right tackle too because they just lost mike mcglinchey in the offseason so they're, they're inserting a former fifth round pick in that spot who doesn't have much experience yeah, pretty much the whole right side. But, I mean, so that's where the question mark is. But I think with Christian McCaffrey able to run and catch and block and decoy and do everything is his best friend. And then they're, they're stacked on defense 49ers. They still have a great defensive line and then all the way through the middle. So, I mean, uh, it's a pretty easy pick, I would say. The problem really isn't the 49ers being good. The problem is... If Purdy gets injured, I don't trust Sam Darnold as much as he's a Cinderella, Cinderella story. They don't trust uh, Lance. So if the Rams can sneak, you know, nine or ten wins, I would say, honestly, the Seahawks have to win 11 games. I don't feel like they can sneak in. Either they're good or they're not. Either Geno Smith and Pete Carroll get on the same page. Um but I really feel like it's the 49ers division right now. And uh, they did well enough to the offseason not to change my mind. Yeah. If there's a few weaknesses on this Niners team, well, I mentioned one is the right side of that offensive line. Now they've, they've managed to, you know, get guys in there and coach them up and be able to solidify the offensive line year after year. So it's still a question mark when you got young guys who are unproven. And then you go on the defensive side. I, I feel like they're very weak at that corner spot. Uh, you got Charvarius Ward, who's a very good number one. But their number two guy is pretty much non-existent. Last year is Diamador Lenore, who struggled in his action when he was uh, when Emmanuel Mosley got hurt. Lenore stepped in to that number two role and was exposed very often. You know, if they're going to match up the Eagles again in the NFC Championship, which could very well happen, you got two prolific receivers on the other side there. That's going to be about- a problem for the Niners. Sorry? Sorry. You're already giving up on your Lions? Detroit? Detroit's the same way. Detroit's got JMO and Amon Ross St. Brown. It's going to be the exact same problem. 
that the 49ers might have. That's what I'm just I'm saying. Definitely. I'm just saying possible matchups. I'm not saying if the Eagles are, if if it's a possible rematch, which the Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFC, it could that very well happen. Uh, and then, but you know, you can't talk about this Niners team without talking about Nick Boza and how much of a force he's become since he's entered the NFL. It's he he's like he's outplayed his brother by a large margin. And you know, he even had like a tornado yellow a few years ago. But he's just so strong and fleet footed and just uh just the consistency of getting to the quarterback, you know. The Niners have a Bose is one of multiple players on this roster that can just make a difference that not many guys in the league can. So that's why the 49ers will be one of the contenders in the NFC once again this year. Yeah, I don't see them really um, getting any... They, like I said, they didn't make any bad choices in the offseason. And so the best thing I actually see besides all that that you said is that their uh, offense and defensive coordinator really like them bringing in Steve Wilkes from the Panthers who was uh, promoted to head coach last season, who did an amazing job um, and is definitely a leader of men. They were already doing well, like you said, in the middle of that defense, getting after the quarterback time and time again with Bosa. I mean, they were a f- they were feared last year getting to the quarterback. Um, and then on the offensive side, getting Clint Kubiak from um, Denver. I mean, he's part of the uh, – he's got good lineage, good background. And I think he's only going to add another young, youthful opinion to an already young and vibrant um, offensive game plan from Shanahan. So I really think that an underrated increase in their offseason was the the coaching staff and all the, the what they did there. And they needed it because, once again, their defensive coordinator got poached. So, uh, you know, they got to be able to pick off pick up right where they left off. So I think they I honestly think they're not going to lose this step. They basically lost a head coach for another head coach in my opinion. And that's mm-hmm. going to be to bring a new set of eyes and ears to the whole great thing they had going last year. So, you know, I think it's pretty obvious that the 49ers are the cream of the crop here. It, and nobody puts them up with like the Kansas Cities and the Buffalo Bills and the AFC. You know, they don't even you you compared them to the Eagles right there just because mainly because of the history, but I mean, are they the darling team like the Lions? Are they I don't think they get enough credit. I don't think they've gotten enough credit. Well I Who's certainly there? I certainly GM. think sorry. The GM has done a really great job. What's that guy? Lynch? John Lynch. Right? Yeah. Former uh, Bronco safety. Great job. Yeah. He, uh I I think the 49ers just based on what they've done year after year, I think they definitely do get that respect. It's just a matter of, you know, when they, they, they had a chance to win the Super Bowl a few years ago, came up short. And Brock uh, Purdy. No, you can't come in with Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, and keep keep it going. So I get I get it that they're not hundred percent put up with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well let's let's move on to some of these contenders because you know it's it's not gonna be an easy ride for the 49ers uh because the Seahawks were a surprise team last year and probably had the best story in all the NFL with Geno Smith coming out of nowhere in on what everyone thought was going to be maybe like a four win, five win team. Yeah. 
looked absolutely prolific at times. He showed tremendous accuracy, great touchdown to interception race ratio. And now he comes into 2023 with a new second round running back, first round receiver to add to that uh, great running back receiver core they had last year. Talking Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, now Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zach Charbonnet, and a solid offensive line that was led by rookies. A pair of bookend tackles chosen in the first and second round who performed tremendously. So is this a fluke for Gino, or do you think with all the years that he's had learning, learning what it's like to be a quarterback, that this is something that he can keep up? You know, I think it's similar to the offensive plays. If Pete Carroll can continue to get him open guys, you know, and uh, and make plays to make a lot of space, um, I think Gino was blessed with – he didn't dink and dunk it, but he had a great game plan. And, again, it's second year. People are watching film. He's not – you know, the most athletic. Everybody thought he was like a running quarterback. I mean, I thought he was going to be like the next Ben Roethlisberger when he came out of West Virginia. I was like, this boy, he's tall, he's big. He's actually, they're going to let him run over some people. You know, I felt like in, at West Virginia in a lot of places, they didn't run him enough, and now I see why. They need to leave him in the pocket. They need to get his feet planted like two big trees. I mean, it's, it's, it's not what you normally see. He's not like the most... um technically savvy quarterback, but when he plants his feet and he throws the ball and Pete Carroll gives him time, I mean, that's what he did last year, and we'll see if he can do it again. The wide receiver out of OSU, I can't say his name. You know Jackson, how to say his name. Mr. Jackson he, Smith and Jigba. Is he injured or not? Is, is he going to come did, back? He did, he did get hurt. He hurt his wrist. They're saying one to three weeks, so very likely that he could be ready for the season opener. He might not well, be, but it's not a long-term thing. Prone at OSU, I really don't know. No, he had a hamstring injury last year, but I'm sure I'm pretty sure that he was just held out because he wanted to protect his draft stock. This is going to be Geno Smith's biggest. If he's he if he actually has a second year, it's going to be because of him. It's going to mm-hmm. be because that wide receiver is fast. That guy just I watched I watched him though just at the end of the season in college at OSU, and it, it was a boy-sized person, a man-boy playing against toddlers. I mean, yeah. he made people look silly. He looked small himself, but it was like watching kind of peewee football, and he just ran around. People's awesome. And if he, if, if Seahawks have that and Geno healthy, I actually think that it's just a big window. Are they going to win eight games or are they going to win 11 games? I definitely think their floor is eight. They're not winning six or seven. It's, it's an eight-win season. And I just don't think if they're 10 wins, that means somebody else in the division probably beat them. Um, they're going up against two other teams kind of in the middle of the pack with everybody else. And I just, I don't know. I think they have to, they're the team that has to, to really take it. And they can. Well, I think it, since Gino obviously wasn't the problem, he was more of the solution last year. The reason why the Seahawks weren't better than they were, well, they had some major issues on defense. The two big issues that they had were getting to the quarterback and stopping the run. In fact, 
they were so bad stopping the run that they were they were literally dead last. And uh, if you need an example, think Josh Jacobs' 86-yard touchdown run in overtime for them to lose the game. Uh, they did make one major move on the defensive side and grabbing former Seahawk great Bobby Wagner back from the Rams, now back in the Seahawks. Now, he's not the same all-pro that he used to be, but he's coming off a great season with the Rams, and he will certainly be a huge leadership presence on a young defense. The other... Bush. Sorry. Yes. uh, Yeah, Devin Bush as well. Bush has been kind of disappointing so far in his limited action in his career, but he certainly... Wagner is a good idea. Yeah, he he certainly has the right guy to learn under. But you know, the other thing I talked about, putting pressure on the quarterback, you would have figured maybe the Seahawks would go out and get like Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter in the draft. They ended up going Devin Witherspoon, which will give them a very, very good cornerback duo. If not this year, then next year with him and Tariq Woolen. But you have to wonder... If they're really thinking that Uchen Nwosu and Devin Taylor are going to take a leap forward this year when they were not really that great last year, I think he keeps playing into a system and you have the same defensive coordinator again. He's trying to create some consistency. I think getting a cornerback in the draft that's a starter that's going to be able to play in the zone that Carroll likes. Um, I don't think he's ever had an elite defense since the Legion of Boom. And I don't think that was even, you know, I think he, I don't think he lucked into the to the Legion of Boom or Doom or whatever the fuck their name is. <laughs> um, you know, he picked some really good guys that dropped to him and uh, his system was perfect for him. Now he's trying to get some, some guys, lower guys, some big guys and blend and, I don't know. I think he he's a savant. I think Pete Carroll has a sense of consistency that's been there, and I think he's a system defense. That defense is is uh, something that he tinkers with these little small little pieces and makes little changes and gets no name guys to fill in certain holes that always step up. They're not going to be a top ten defense, um, but if they can be better than last year, which is obviously the goal. Uh, when I think they, I don't think they're going to drop off. If they take two or three steps forward and Geno Smith doesn't get hurt, you know, and they don't have a major injury, I, I do don't, I don't see why they can't win some games. I agree. Know? I agree. I think they're uh, a fringe playoff team uh, with the potential, honestly, to boom even higher if, if all those young players take those, take those leap, leaps forward and they make the necessary improvements on defense. But, you know, it's kind of, you could say it's kind of on Gino's shoulders, but it's really not. He's got all the tools he needs to succeed. Yeah. It's going to be hard for him to fail with that wide receiver core. I think any quarterback will do well with that, with what he's got. So we'll we'll see how Gino performs in year two. We're all very excited for it. Uh, excitement hasn't really been the word for Rams fans. More like let down. So they were champions two years ago, and last year was a complete 180. It was mostly mostly due to injuries, but they did go all in on that 2021 season with a lot of 
experienced players and the retirement of Andrew Whitworth. I didn't think that that one retirement alone would make such an impact, but it was, it was a tremendous impact. The offensive line was a disaster last year. Joe Noteboom replacement left tackle was like a turnstile at times last year. And the rest of the offensive line just kept turning guys from it for injuries. Like it seemed like they had a new starting lineup each week, which is a problem because Matthew Stafford, it doesn't seem like he can stay healthy anymore at this point in his career. Uh, with all the Rams injuries last year, do you see potential for a bounce back for this team? Now that the guys are, uh, healthy again i'm talking stafford cup and donald you know i'm gonna start where you did with the fans and the team and the city of la yeah uh, i'll be honest with you they're not gonna have a bunch of rah-rah rally fans behind them they they lost all momentum if any team if any city in the worst in the world is worse for fair weather fans is la preach yeah <laughs> And um, I think that Stafford is a great quarterback. He won a Super Bowl. It was on his shoulders. He did it. You can't take that away from him. Um, I think that Aaron Donald is amazing. He's he's a giant. He's you know he's what you see on TikTok when they talk about giants in the past worlds. Yep, and uh, he. Uh, and Cooper Cup, I mean, I love him. Who do, who? If you don't like Cooper Cup, go fuck yourself and stop watching football, you know? And so, I mean, they got pieces. They added a few into Marcus Robinson. And, you know, like you said, uh, they they have a core. And they, they've lost a lot of players. And I want to, like, think that they're a nine or ten win season if you look at the stats and you look at the 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 schedule they could win nine or ten games easily but the this problem is for a team like this they're either gonna they're gonna lose some games they should win and they should win some games they're gonna lose and it's that sounds like a like a classic john madden quote It, it says nothing but it says everything this team doesn't really have direction this team doesn't have a reason to really will itself um to win and i think they are just gonna they're gonna pump this one in everybody's been saying they're rebuilding since last year why are they not rebuilding this year what did they do to show you that they're not rebuilding this year this team has fallen off greatly from where they were uh you look at you know, the, this past this offseason, they lost Bobby Wagner to the Seahawks. Jalen Ramsey is gone. Um, guys from they don't have and they haven't replaced any of these guys. You at linebacker, their most experienced player is Ernest Jones, who's a going into his third NFL season. You got at, at corner, they don't have anyone remotely close to replacing Ramsey. Um, at wide receiver two, they were supposed to have Allen Robinson fill that void, but he didn't do that. He got shipped off, and now they're inserting Van Jefferson up a slot into that wide receiver two role, hoping that he can become that that second guy to take attention away from Cooper Cup. You look at their offensive line. They 
the Rams like literally didn't sign anybody this offseason. They signed literally <laughs> one guy. And it, because they're in cap hell, which is understandable, so they're trying to get out of cap hell. But in terms, when it comes to winning football games, there's not enough experience on this team and just generally just not enough talent. This is one of the weakest rosters in the NFL. It's going to be propped up by a really good head coach in Sean McVay, who, honestly, if he can get this roster to the playoffs, you might as well call him God of the NFL world, you know? But it would yeah. have been the Redskins when he was, let's say something happened and he was promoted to head coach when he was the Redskins at, and, and won that coaching job instead of coming here. He would be doing this every year. This is basically historically like a Redskins roster because, mm-hmm. <laughs> because, uh, Snyder would put him in Capel, and you'd have to get all these like bits and pieces. Half these starters only starters because of cap issues, you know. There, yeah. And, and so maybe not. I'm not saying half. I'm being facetious, obviously, but I'm saying so many of these starters are just elevated because of their because it's three guys on nothing contracts, and they could change at any time, and they basically just fill in a name, you know. And so. I want him to win, and I think, like you said, Sean McVay is probably their MVP this year, if if they do well. Yeah, well, um, they're they're one Matthew Stafford injury away from the whole season falling apart. And are you me? What are you talking about, ben, Benson or whatever his what is what's his name from Georgia? Stetson he, Bennett. Listen, listen, I love a good story as much as you do, but it's he's not going to get. This is the NFL. He's not going to win a lot of games like, trying to trying to throw to a triple cover Cooper Cup. So, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me he's worse than Mister Irrelevant at the 49ers, Brock Purdy? Uh, we have first of all, we haven't seen anything. Uh, is he is he worse than Brock Purdy? Honestly, yeah, I think a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL are worse than Brock Purdy right now. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Now good, I good. good. Uh, uh, I think, you know, if, if, like I said, if McVeigh can coach anybody up, he might be able to get over a Sam, um, a Matt Stafford injury. I actually I do think he, he could. That wouldn't be the biggest problem. I really think it's the whole team. Can he continue to get them, everybody, to buy in? It's just going to be one of the biggest coaching jobs between calling plays and designing shit and keeping that team together definitely well while this roster lacks talent it certainly isn't the void of talent that we have for this next team whose season was 2020 whose 2023 season was pretty much over before it even started i'm talking about the arizona cardinals i'm talking about kyler murray who tore his acl in december so he's not going to be ready for the start of the season Probably won't play it till midway through the season. So the Cardinals know this. They have a high draft pick. So they pretty much sold off all their remaining assets. Well, at least tried to. Tried to sell off DeAndre Hopkins. Did not get any takers. Ended up releasing him. Then you got, on the defensive side, you got J.J. Uh, Watt, who retired from the NFL. Wish him a very good retirement. One of my favorite players of all time. But... They don't have a, any sort of replacement for him. Uh, what would success look like for you for the Cardinals this season? 
if that's probably one of the hardest questions because an answer, the, the, the best answer would be them just getting the first pick. Everybody, no major, major, major injuries to, to anybody. And the first round, the first overall pick that is the team that I think is going to get it. That said, they're going to have to mortgage something because Kyle Murray, I mean, they gave him a big contract. I honestly think this is less about this season's success and more questions for next year because this year's this season's success is it going to equate to success next year? I really don't know. I mean, there are so many questions, and it's obvious their GM doesn't isn't doing a very good job. We talked about John Lynch at the 49ers. This guy's doing the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just been year after year um they're exciting they do a good pr that the cardinals are i mean you always think the cardinals are going to win don't you feel like that every year it does kind of seem like it does kind of seem like that i mean it's it's a nice logo it's a it's a hot city you know good weather like uh, yeah. good vibes essentially good um, vibes in arizona mike wilbon from pti it's whatever that crap is that he talks about the cardinals every year because he lives there and has you know phoenix in the background I, I just think that this team is like two years away from a rebuild. You know how you say like, all right, they're going to rebuild next year. And then it's like, how long is the rebuild going to be? They're like two or three years off of rebuilding. Yeah. They're, they're that far in a hole that I don't think a new GM, the number one draft pick and, you know, a new head coach, a new staff. I don't even think a new ownership, just wipe everything out. Totally nuke it. And I still think that there's just – it's like the Browns, man. It's hard being the Browns, and you want the Cardinals to get into the playoffs like the Browns would, right? Well, I, mean, I, I hate the Browns for a record, but, um, yeah. Again, the I, I, I mean, yeah, I would like to see the Cardinals have success. And what they do have going for them is they acquire the, the Texans' first-round pick next year if the Texans – uh, don't have a great season, which is very likely, the Cardinals could end up with two top five picks, which will be huge for their rebuild. Uh, but that's about that's about all there is in terms of excitement. Do you for- do you Kyle Murray or do you go to to uh, what is it Cam Williams from Mister uh, Caleb Williams from Caleb. USC? Yeah. Uh, that's a it's a very it's going to be a burning question. We're gonna have to. Uh, Kyler Murray is not going to be able to, not going to play his best football. It's going to be a matter of like effort. I mean, he's coming off a torn ACL, so he's got to get uh, a little bit of time, you know, a little bit of benefit of doubt. And they did give him that big contract, but yeah, Caleb Williams is the consensus number one choice right now. It's going to be hard for them to pass it up. I mean, they might, they might get a king's ransom for that number one pick, but. I would um, say trade Kyle Murray for a second, third, and fourth. Go get Caleb Williams. That's your number one pick. Pick whatever you want. It's your number five pick, like a wide receiver. And get an extra pick for the second, third, and fourth round. And, uh, I mean, that would that would be my – you asked me what would be my success is that trade, something like that. Yeah. Uh, getting someone like a Marvin Harrison or Brock Bowers – to pair with their new quarterback would be a great start for for this new regime that's that's coming up. Uh, 
if we're talking about this year, though, uh, I think the offense will be okay. I mean, Colt McCoy has been a good game manager throughout these recent years. He he won't make too many big mistakes. And they've got some pieces on this offense that will help move things forward, like James Conner, Zach Ertz. It's the defense that is going to probably set some – they might set records this year for points given up. They got no pass rushers, no linebackers. If uh, Buda, Buda Baker looks like he's going to play, but who knows if he – it seemed like he was going to quit on the team at one point. And they got rid of Byron Murphy in the offseason as well. So they're, they're bad on all levels of defense. Isaiah Simmons was supposed to be – this jack-of-all-trades linebacker slash safety, and he happens to just be one of the worst players on the defense all of a sudden. Uh, so if you are if you have any players in fantasy and they're playing the Cardinals, you should probably start them because they'll probably get a lot of points. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a rough, rough year for Arizona, but the draft is coming up soon. Don't, don't you worry. Set those calendars to April, Cardinals fans. I mean, I feel bad. Who is who's their coaching staff? Jonathan Gannon from the Falcons and the Titans. He's from the Eagles, actually. He was there uh, in DC last year. I don't know. They they were stacked on the roster. I mean, I just think that this is a again, this is a coaching staff that's picked to lose. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's the no better way to put it. Uh, so let's let's talk bold predictions before we head out here. Uh, what's your bold prediction for the NFC West this year? Uh, I think that Dabo is actually going to stay healthy, and he's going to have you know a thousand to twelve hundred yards and like fifteen touchdowns at least. He's gonna he's gonna run yards. Debo, yeah, Debo. Sorry. He said Dabo, like Dabo Swinney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's from, <in> the NFL. <laughs> and I think um and I think the 49ers are gonna do some really good things with that coaching staff and they're gonna change things up. And I don't think that it's gonna matter who the quarterback is. I even think Lance can fucking win a game on that team. That's how big it, it is. I don't I, I and if you want another bold prediction, I think he's gonna come in and win a game or two. I think Purdy could get injured, have a have a like soft tissue injury, have a bum shoulder for four games, and and somebody in uh come in and win two games. Um I That's think a bold prediction considering Lance might not even be on the team in like a week. So I I, I, I like your style. I, Sam Darnold, whoever, somebody's going to win other games besides him, and they're going to win 12 games. The other bold prediction is I think the Seahawks are going to be nipping at their toes at 11 wins. I don't think they're going to be 9 or 10. I think they're going to be right there. So if if my prediction's wrong about the 49ers, I think the Seahawks are going to come in and be the darling, and everybody's going to love them, and people aren't going to like the 49ers. They're going to be okay with them, but nobody's going to buy into to Brock Purdy and that, and that quarterback situation, even though they've sold it well. I don't think – I think they have another bad fan base that doesn't have Joe Montana. And uh, they're they're a great team, but they're, they're a first-round out in the playoffs, the 49ers, in my opinion. Wow. Um, yeah, and I think that the Seahawks are better built to – 
challenge the Lions and challenge other teams uh, in the playoffs. It's a different season in the playoffs. And Pete Carroll has gone out. He's got, he doesn't have like the biggest track record. I mean, he's won some Super Bowls, but I feel like for some reason, this year's team with this consistent coaching staff, and I could be wrong, they could win eight games. The fuck do I know? Um, then the rest of the league, it doesn't really fucking matter. What's yeah. your, what? Let's see. Bull prediction for me. Uh, I'm going to go with Tariq Woolen on the Seahawks. I think he gets an all pro this year. Uh, I think with the way Pete Carroll is able to mold Richard Sherman into an all pro corner, we already see the potential of Woolen. He's got the size, he's got the speed. Now he's got another corner on his side, another highly ranked guy to take some of the pressure off him. I think Woolen gets gets an all pro, and for for the Cardinals. I don't necessarily think 0 and 17 is out of the question. It's, <laughs> I if I think if they beat any team, looking at their schedule, I mean they play Washington, they play Houston, um, but I, I think both those teams beat them. I think they beat the Rams in one game this year, and I think that's their one win. If they don't beat the Rams, I think they go 0 and 17. I think they're that bad. Well, the, and you said Houston, right? But it's. Yeah, Houston's Houston's I think is much better this year, so I think they they'll beat the Cardinals pretty easily in that game. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's definitely possible. Besides the fluke, um, you know Atlanta. As much as I like them, if if they can't get their quarterback straight, they could be floundering. But again, it's you know it's at home for them um they come back probably get their butt beat in cleveland and if they can rally that game at home with atlanta just before they leave to go back to houston before that loss to to los angeles i mean win into los angeles it's going to be sometime in the middle of the season yeah um, well it's not looking likely but you know what is likely us kicking ass in the show thank you for recapping all the visions mr shaul and we will see you for some more episodes throughout the NFL season. But for now, what do you have to say to the camera, Mr. Schultz? Been a great year. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, love talking football with you, bro. Um, we're just like two fucking regular guys from two different generations.